Hello, I'm John. I'm Adam. And this is Backwash on Water. Forgot that you can't swim, right? No, I can't swim at all. And do you have a do you have any desire to learn how to swim? At this point, not really. I think I've realized my life has pretty much been lived on land and I haven't missed out too much on water activities. Yeah, but you grew up in Michigan, which is surrounded by water. How How did I avoid it? I, yeah. My family is definitely not very water oriented. Uh, my one of my sisters can't swim; the other one can. She's she's really into the water, but I don't know. It was easy to so, avoid. We didn't do activities that involve the water. What about like pool parties? Do you just, I just stay I just, away from the pool? I just chill in the, the shallow end. Or okay. If, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to go into the water for the most part. Just you know, I'm not built for it. And I guess if we flood. I'm the first to go, I'm, and I'm, I've accepted that fate. Have you ever been on a boat? Yes, I've been on a boat. I wear a life jacket if I'm doing, you know, I've gone on like a tube, inner tubing b- behind a boat before. I've done that. Okay. Water just, know, it just doesn't interest me in that way. I don't feel like I've ever missed out because I haven't been able to, you know, been able you to know, I'll be honest. I, I look down on adults who can't <laughs> swim, but... When you think about it, it's swimming is kind of like math, right? You wonder, when am I ever going to use this? Because it's it's more of a a skill than anything, right? Well, are you good at math? Yes. You, okay, because you know you're supposed to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's idiotic, but I actually know I probably have a really the highest concentration out of anybody I know of friends who cannot swim as well. Because I'll tell people, and I always get the same reaction. What the hell, man? You can't swim? And then it's actually the opposite. I know a bunch of people who can't swim. And people I would think would be swimmers aren't. And most people who can swim don't swim, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 the, I'm the dude at the, the pool at the Vegas hotel swimming laps when everyone is just like, just chilling in the pool or what, what do people do in the pool? They, they lounge around inside the pool. They just stand in the pool. Well, if you're in Vegas, there's, you know, there's poolside bars and I can do that. I'm good there. Like, uh, the ability to do that. My mom used to bring me to, we didn't have a pool in our backyard. So she would bring me to, a a, a friend's house who had a pool in the backyard and, I would swim laps in the backyard pool, which, you know, it's like six strokes from one end to the the other. Meanwhile, everyone else is just like playing in the pool. They don't actually swim. Right. They're not swimming. They're not actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be the only person that I would know who would do that. Everybody I know just lounges around. So I'm I'm able to pretend. I can hang for the most part unless somebody's like, hey, I'm going to throw you into the pool. And I'll be like, well, I will die. I will just sink to the bottom and I'll be a statistic. So 
but as long as that as long as that doesn't happen, I can just kind of like fake it till I make it, you know. The uh, Super Soaker was inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame last year, 2015, along with Puppet, <laughs> Puppet, and uh, Twister. And the Super Soaker beat out a number of contenders. Uh, the finalists were Spinning Top, okay, Coloring Book, Wiffle Ball, Puppet, American Girl Dolls, Battleship, Jenga, Playmobil, Scooter, Super Soaker, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Twister. So, I mean, Super Soaker beat out Battleship and Jenga. I think Super Soaker is easily the, the funnest toy on the list, though. Yeah, and, you know, when we talk about Super Soaker, we mostly talk about the Super Soaker 50, the yellow the and yellow green one. one. The yellow, yeah. the, the bright yellow one, yeah, yeah, and it was a, it was a game changer when it was released. Oh, it, it it yeah, it changed the whole block dynamic where I lived because when it came to the kids. At least for me, until then, water weapons, water guns were basically like water pistols made in China. You could like squirt someone with it. Yeah, the pump, just a one shot pump. Yeah, little straight. Uh, really crappy guns, uh, or you know neon colored water pistols and then along comes this super soaker which it just changed the game but it also just burned out quickly it was a shooting star in the world of water weapons you, you think it burned out pretty quick like it just lasted for like a summer for you is that, is that yeah because like maybe i don't hang out with people who play with water toys anymore but they don't play with them anymore so okay let's what happened was, so the 50 came out. This is my history of the 50. Right, and then, and then they got increasingly more absurd. Yeah, so then my dad's like, oh, this kid up the street's got a 50. My dad always came home with crazy stuff. And he goes, all right. So he came home with the 100 when it came out, which was the blue yeah. one, right? So I was like, all right, sweet. I was the big man with the one that was twice as big, which honestly wasn't twice as good because that thing fucking broke in like a week. It was made well, so the, shitty. The innovation was... Let's just make it heavier. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And they didn't really make them stronger. They just got worse and harder so, to use. Yeah, then came the, the 150. And yeah. I remember, I don't think it was a super soaker, but I remember a it was a backpack you wore. Yeah, super soaker. It was yeah. like a proton pack, and you would shoot water while wearing this backpack. But who wants to wear a backpack filled with water? Well, once you, once you weigh yourself down, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they just kept getting increasingly crazier, and and, and, and the magic else. was lost. So that's why I, you know, I say the Super Soaker Fifty. That's the one we talk about when we talk about Super Soakers, because that was just like that's what you envision. That's yeah, that's the the ideal of of a of a water gun. Do you ever remember the electric water guns, the the battery powered ones? Yes. Okay, like Entertech or something like that. That look like fucking real guns. Could you imagine that now? I mean, they were like blacked out. They were like murdered out weapons. It's incredible. A, it's incredible to think about. That just looked like a sure a yeah. real gun. <laughs> I just imagine some uh, some people playing with the, the the electronic ones and just you know some cops mowing them down or something because they look incredibly real. I just remember that. Probably because you weren't in a pool because you can't swim. <laughs> that was my water involvement. Yeah. yeah.
one of the food sensations of 2016 is raindrop cake, which is a blob, like a breast implant, made out of water and agar. And it's served with a soybean powder for texture and a sauce on the side. So it's either like brown sugar sauce or a matcha sauce or something like that. When I first uh, saw a, a, a photograph of, of the raindrop cake, I was perplexed by how a cake could look translucent, but it's not really a cake. It's just a, a blob of water and agar. So it, when you cut, have you had one? Yes. I, I, okay. So when you cut into it, it doesn't slice like cake. It Does it just break apart it's and like, fall it's apart? It's just like... It's not like it's not as jiggly as Jello. It's more like a, a flan. Okay, it's, it's right. just like a jelly blob. Okay, that's what it is. And I, it looks pretty, I guess, but you're you're basically eating water. As soon as you get into it, does the illusion of its like translucency disappear? Like nope, once you break it, the, mo- it still stays translucent yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's just like a clear jelly. Okay. Okay. Uh, the problem is the sauce. You know, I try eating it with a lot of sauce, but it's acutely bland. Like, no amount of sauce can cover how bland it tastes. So and, then, you know, bland is not supposed to taste like anything, but when you're eating it, it tastes like bland. Sure. And you're not mixing flavors. It's just bland grossness with whatever sauce. So you're just tasting sauce and bland. Yeah. 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 The solution to me is to not use water, right? Use a juice. But yeah. then I guess it ruins the illusion of this this clear, it's not a sphere, but you know. Can somebody use vodka for this and just turn it into a giant jello shot? I'm not a chemist. <laughs> okay. Because it's 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 just bland vegan jelly. That's it. Well, fucking throw some meat in it. Do you use an umbrella when it rains? No. I wear a windbreaker. That's what everyone in the Pacific Northwest says, right? Yeah. I don't use an umbrella. And I don't know. Why don't you use an umbrella? Even when it's like raining heavily? I've just never been accustomed to that. I always either have a a coat with a hood on it or I just kind of man up and just hang out in the rain and get wet. I think we dress differently out here than you expect. Like we're pretty on tune to the yes, weather. It's been in a downpour. Who wants to get wet, right? Why is it seen as unmanly to use an umbrella? Well, I don't really look at it that way. I just think, here's the thing. I'm probably wearing a coat already, depending on what the weather that I'm in. I'm not, not If I got caught in a rainstorm, perhaps, I would wish I had an umbrella. But dressing properly and then getting caught out in somewhere, you just post up with your hood. You know, Maybe your face gets wet, your head gets wet. But I just never... I don't think I've ever seen anybody use an umbrella around here. But then, you, but then you get in your car and the seat is all wet and sure, you're a little wet. Yeah, I agree. But I think we just, you know, you squeegee out the Subaru and you call it a day. Do you have an umbrella? Are you an umbrella person? I've become an umbrella person. Yes. Although to be fair, like last summer I was in Philadelphia and it was like raining off and on that day, and I brought an umbrella out and I lost it. Whereas, you know, if you're wearing a windbreaker, it's on you the whole time. You can't lose it that way. To me, umbrellas just signify like the free spirit of a woman who's just moved to New York for a new job. <laughs> That's an umbrella and, to me. And, and I, in, New York, I don't know. in New York, they don't use umbrellas. If there's a downpour, people just stand in like 
you know, stand in front of, in front of a door where there's... TV there's, and media make me something. believe everyone in New York uses one, though. Like, the umbrella industry doesn't exist here. It only, like, seems like it's selling them elsewhere. I, I used to clown people who used umbrellas in sunshine, but now I totally get it. Like, who wants to the, the sun beating down on them? Well, you're you're certainly a sunscreen I, user. Yeah, I just want an umbrella with me all the time. You should just wear a big hat, like a safari hat. Make that your thing, man. Those protect you from the sun just as well, and then you don't have to hold anything. Boom, problem solved. Safari hat. That's your new. That's your new look. Let's talk about Waterworld. Yeah. Waterworld trivia from IMDb. Okay, here we are. Kevin Costner was put up at a cost of forty-five hundred a night in an oceanfront villa with a butler, chef, and his own private swimming pool. In contrast, crew members were forced to live in uninsulated condominiums that were subjected to temperature swings of up to 50 degrees. <laughs> hey, man, it's, it pays to be Kevin Costner in fucking 1995. Be Kevin Costner and you don't have to live in a fucking shitty condominium. Um, the thousand-ton floating set did not have any restrooms, nor were there any on any of the 30 boats used by the cast and crew. The what? result was that filming had to halt so those in need could be ferried to a barge anchored near the shore, which had several portable toilets on it. Doesn't that seem like a huge oversight? Like, why wouldn't you have one, like, poop boat? Like, why wouldn't you have a poopy boat? Like, really? That seemed like it would save so much time. The po- this poor crew. <laughs> they can't use the bathroom, and they're living in uninsulated condominiums. Hmm. The sunken city visited by the Mariner and guest is actually a digitally edited Denver, Colorado. The studio didn't spend any money researching weather patterns off Hawaii's Kona Coast, where the film was shot. If they had, they would have learned that the area was subject to 45-mile-per-hour winds, which constantly blew the set out of position and ruined shots. Man, there's a lot of, like, they didn't oversight. Yeah, I like, mean, like <laughs> they, they missed some key things that I don't think you'd miss nowadays if you're doing this. Do you like the movie Waterworld? Do you like it? All I remember about it is him drinking his urine. Yeah. That's I, all I remember. And if, if they find an island at the end. I've re- I've revisited the movie a few times. It's been a it's been a while now, but it I, it's actually a pretty decent flick. I think it gets a bad rap. It created a pretty decent world. A water world, if you will. In the mid-20th century in America, drinking fountains were segregated. Drinking fountains for white people and drinking fountains for black people. And I wonder about the logic behind segregating drinking fountains. Uh, I've complained in the past about how repulsive I find people who (laughs) hug the spout of a drinking fountain. Sure. And is that what white people were afraid of like getting black cooties black germs was it just sharing in general maybe they need a lesson in proper sharing it's it's odd because white people didn't think much of black people but still respected them enough to give them drinking fountains right yeah they had an entire fountain yeah uh they didn't have to give them a drinking fountain build them a drinking fountain so so where's the base where's the logic base here yeah yeah i get you and then beyond that <laughs> the plumbing did they also segregate the plumbing segregate the plumbing 
so that the, the water didn't come from the same pipes. Because you would think that, okay, well, if, if the cooties were the factor, <laughs> say that's the issue, then they would have to separate the water. But there's no way they did that. So then it's just, the, it doesn't make, none of it even makes any, it makes even and less then, sense. And then beyond that, did the water come from two separate sources? sources? Right. I mean, this seems like a public waterworks nightmare is what it is. It, it, it just seems like white people being petty. <laughs> among other things, among yeah. other shitty things. Our uh, water filters bullshit. I always separate, when I was younger, I separated out my friends' families into like, well, okay, there, there were kind of multiple ways to look at it. There was always like shoes on houses and shoes off houses, but there were also like water filter families and non-water filter families. Like when you went over to your friend's house and you're just like, oh, I'm going to grab a glass of water, pour it out of the, the faucet. That's what I do. And then he's like, no, no, like their water is poison, you know? It's like you gotta go. You gotta get the fridge water out. You know, you gotta pour it out of the out of the container that's been sitting in the fridge for a while or whatever, because it's been it's you know it's got the filtration system built into the the lid or whatever it is. I I've I'm I'm a water out of whatever spigots available. I I grew up. We we always had water filters, and I remember visiting a friend in in college in Oregon, and he he filled up a glass of water from the sink. And I was like flabbergasted. <laughs> See, you're the guy. You're the family. And he's like, hey, you can drink the tap water in Oregon. And as I've grown older, I wonder if anyone would notice a difference if you just served them a glass of water from the tap and a glass of water that's been run through like a Brita water filter, right? I, I feel like I can tell the difference to some degree, but I don't care that much. Right, I think right. is what it mainly boils down to. And there are some places with some really shitty, gross water that does taste different. But in general, it shouldn't matter, right? No. I just feel like water filters is a scam. Like when, I, when I'm traveling and I, and I go to like a CVS or Walgreens to buy water, I see, you know, spring water, distilled water, purified water, and it all tastes basically the same to me. It doesn't really matter. So water filter is just this, like it's like a religion that, that people believe in, but you know. That's why I separated families that way because it, they acted differently because they were a water filter family. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like blind faith. Like there are places, there are water stores where you can go fill up a jug. There's like a dispenser. Usually, it's built into the side of the the water store, so you can just go when the water store is closed, stick your little jug in there, and yeah, and that's basically a drinking fountain, like. You don't know that the water's being filtered. No. This is water coming out of a, the side of a wall. <laughs> and, you know, you believe that it's better than... Um, the tap water. Believe, yeah, yeah, than tap water. When it very well could be hooked up to the same system that you're getting your tap water out of. Yeah. More than likely is. Do you like La Croix water? I'm going to be honest. I've tried... Many of the flavors, some of which taste like suntan oil, <laughs> disgusting. Most of them are not very good. I think uh, sparkling water is kind of gross. I wish I could like it because it's got you know nothing in it, and it could probably uh, cut my uh, pop intake down a little bit, but no. Let me address this. Let me address the clot water. Why is it suddenly so popular? This stuff has been around since I was a child. Oh, yeah. Uh, just not branded like this, but wa- water that tastes off because 
you know, just a hint of lemon. So it just tastes like foul wa water that's carbonated. It's been around for for ages, and now it's a thing. I think there's a few things that probably led up to it, which is it had a hipster factor, but it also it existed. And I'm sure a bunch of people were looking for something that tasted like something but didn't have any sugar in it. And people have been working on that forever. I mean, look at, like, I'm not saying that vitamin water doesn't have any shit in it, but it does. And that was a thing. And that's kind of not a thing. And I think they're just looking for less and less shit in things. And that happened but, to have nothing. And it was already but, on the store shelves. <laughs> there are those clear sodas that don't use sugar but may use artificial stuff. Sure. But they actually taste like... You know, the black cherry carbonated, clear, zero calorie. Yeah, they still pop. they still it taste like fake shit, though. Yeah, but it's not like this weird hybrid of water and it kind of tastes like a fruit, but not really. I'm, it's actually stronger to me. So that exists. But the, yeah, the closest you can get without using like chemicals. Yeah, it's basically it's, that. Yeah. I wish it tasted better. I think all it tastes like is somebody was somebody spit in my sparkling water. I'd rather my, just have Perrier to be honest. My brother is he only drinks sparkling water. Yeah, I was talking to a, a a friend and he said water regular water is too boring for him, but his doctor wants him to drink more water. So <laughs> I'll drink sparkling water because, you know, it's Less boring. It's more interesting water. And, and then you have liquor, which is sparkly and it kind of tastes like a, a fruit. It kind of tastes like juice. Oh, man, juice is pushing it, but it tastes like something. Yeah, and it's kind of sad how people need to spice up water. <laughs> to spice up something that you need to drink to live. I keep trying one just thinking there might be a flavor where I'm like, ah, this isn't too bad, but they all kind of taste like shit to me. To be fair, I'm I'm a I'm a plain. I'm a fan of plain stuff. So I like plain potato chips and uh, you know, plain fries, plain water. Yeah. Ray's and Stark Bar in Los Angeles has a water menu curated by a water sommelier. And some, some of the descriptions, Fiji water from the Fiji Islands. <laughs> sure. Uh, as it filters down through layer after layer of ancient volcanic rock, the natural filtration process introduces the mineral silica, which contributes to Fiji water's distinctly soft, smooth mouthfeel. Okay. How many, it, it just tastes like water to me. <laughs> how, how, much, how many are on the list? There's like... 20 waters on this menu. Oh my god. Have you seen the two chains world of most expensive is shit or whatever he does? They he does a water one. Water one? Yeah. Expensive. Like that Fiji water is going 8 bucks. So that's on the cheap end. Oh here, Berg water, $20. Berg like, water is glacial water from western Greenland. As massive icebergs break off 15,000-year-old glaciers, they are harvested and melted. Harvested? <laughs> Thank you, global warming. <laughs> they are harvested and melted under strict purity guidelines. The result is a water virtually untouched by man. Yeah, up until they harvest it. Yeah. <laughs> Beverly Hills 90H2O. Oh, this was on that episode. I remember that one. Yeah. Winner of the world's best water award. Aren't, you, aren't they in a drought? Where are they getting this water from? Uh, 
North, Northern California. Okay. Yeah, that Berg water is the most expensive one. I feel like this is just like an experiment for some writer to just come up with the most bullshit that way they can this describe like a- and sell something. Like, like he put it on a resume. Like I was able to sell someone water for twenty bucks based on the descriptions I wrote alone. This is like a J- the J. Peterman catalog. Let's let's write about water. Yeah, boss water. Here we go. The cylindrical packaging added a premium element to the water which set the stage for water to be seen as more than just a beverage and to become the lifestyle choice that it is today. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a lifestyle choice as opposed to, you know, a necessity. Uh, yeah. This water is, is optional as opposed to most, most water that you would drink during the day. I always preferred the Mario games over the Sonic games because Mario didn't have to breathe or worry about breathing underwater in the whereas in the sonic game sonic he had to find air bubbles when he was underwater which you have a character whose cell is that he could go fast and then you slow him down by making him have to find air bubbles to breathe mm-hmm. you know defeats the appeal of sonic and then from Super Mario 64 on, Mario 2 had to come up for air or be concerned with breathing underwater. And that's become the standard, and it's annoying. Well, underwater levels in video games were always the worst. I mean, yeah, you think about... They're just there to fuck you. Uh, yeah, and some of the some of the most annoying levels... In video games are water levels, the water temple in Ocarina of Time and the dam in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game, which is infamous. Yeah. Also in that game, you're a ninja, you're a turtle and you're trying to navigate through a sewer. And if you fall in water, you die, which they're turtles. They shouldn't die when they fall in water. Should have been something else. And then, yeah. They're falling into one level, when you fall in water, you die. And another level... You jump off a dam. Yeah, swimming through water. Water that had electricity in it, too. So, be consistent. Did you see that uh, Channing Tatum and Jillian Bell are going to star in a gender-swap remake of Splash? Yeah. I was thinking about mermaids. And how do... Mermaid. How does a how does a mermaid have sex with a human? Well, don't they have to have their magic spell cast so then they become a human before that happens? Isn't that typically yeah. how it works in the movies? Yeah, in Splash, uh, Daryl Hannah gets legs when her body is dry. Yeah, but I think that's a cheat. Like your traditional mermaid is half human, and then the, the torso is human. And the lower half of the body is fish, right? I really like the reverse of that, the fish head. <laughs> you don't see right. that enough. And so you know, I was just thinking, like, what, what if Channing Tatum doesn't get legs when he's dry in the Splash remake, right? Because fish don't have penises. And so how would he have sex with Jillian Bell? And let's take it out of Splash, the this, this Splash context. How do mermaids have sex? Well, if they were truly something that existed, I think this would be... Like, a, a merman and a mermaid couldn't have sex, right? One doesn't have a vagina, and one doesn't have a penis. Maybe they do that thing where they, you know, they fart out the eggs, and then they 
like do something else to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work with a human and a mermaid or merman. But if there yeah. were two mermaids or a mermaid and a merman, that would work. The legs went dry. It's the only way to make it it's, work. It's it's such a cop out. It's such a cop out. Don't don't create mermaids and merman if the only way know. to make it work is to give them legs. Yeah, if the only way to work is if they repudiate half of their body, right? Which is the whole premise of the movie, you know, yeah. or you know, otherwise you just have a man and a woman tearing apart mermaid 80s movies. You think this will even get made? Oh, definitely. Uh, we'll see. While I enjoy watching extreme water parks on Travel Channel and learning about crazy water attractions, water rides, I am not a fan of water slides. I was uh, traumatized as a child at a, I think it was a community pool in Taiwan. And it had a water slide, which is like a basic playground twist slide, like a uh, spiral slide. Like two turns and you're in the water. Was it fully enclosed like a tube or was it no, open? No, no. It was just like half. Okay. So it's, you know, it's like, what, 12 foot tall. It's not, it's not very high. And I went down this water slide and I didn't expect the rushing water to propel you as fast as it did. And when I splashed into the water, my just head went blank and I forgot to come up for air and I almost drank. How old were you again? Six, maybe. Okay. All right. And yeah. so if I can't handle that, I'm not going to handle water parks, which are just death traps to me. I don't understand the appeal. And a, did you see the story about the 10 year old boy who was decapitated on the world's tallest water slide? Well, I kept seeing that, you know, the, a kid had died. I kept seeing the headline, like died, died, and it kind of took it took a little bit for you know the decapitation to start popping up with the headline because I didn't yeah, really so, read the story. But so this yeah, is, this is the world's tallest water slide. It's 168 foot tall, and this water park was built in Kansas because Kansas doesn't have regulations on how tall yeah. slides. Can be. No regulations. So okay, 160 foot eight tall water slide, a slide. To, forget the water. This sounds like a bad idea. And then you add rushing water, which, you know, you can't control like you can a roller coaster, right? A roller coaster on rails, you could stop it at any time. The water is less predictable than that. Sure. Rushing water. And then you have them ride on a raft on the rushing water on this 168-foot-tall slide. And this raft just has Velcro straps. Well, the unpredictability I mean, of all of it is, I mean, it's so far beyond being in any sort of controlled environment. Right. If you have a slide that needs netting around the top, just so just you don't fly out, and maybe maybe it's not a good idea. So you, you heard about this, and then did you wonder exactly how he was decapitated? Did you try to put it together, the, the, the turn of events? Because I, I look at the slide, because I did look the slide up before, and I'm not entirely sure I understand how you get decapitated on it. So from what I understand, the slide is you go down, then you go up, and then you go down again. Yes. You go down very steeply. Right. You come up to a gradual raise, and then you, and then you slide down again. So on that hump yes. that you, you cover, I guess he flew up and hit the netting on the top of the slide. Okay. At, obviously that, at great speeds. Right. 
Yes. And so his head, his head got caught there and just ripped his head off. So I wonder if he hit like the beginning of the netting, you know, like right. Um, the very what I just said, he's portion. too light. You need to be heavy, or else you're gonna fly up. Sure. Which again, you know, yikes. This, this just confirms my opinion of water parks. You know, in the past, you wouldn't have this netting on the top. You'd just be like, hey, get on this inner tube and you'll go down this this twisted monstrosity while rushing water is pro- propelling you along. Sure. And you could just fly off, right? Well, I mean, the water slide starts at like, isn't it higher than like Niagara Falls or something like that? I mean, it starts up pretty damn high. And so this same park um, has been sued. <laughs> see, in March 2014, she said her flotation tube collided with another tube during the descent, sending her flying. While trying to get back in her tube, her leg become unstuck, resulting in multiple spiral fractures. Yeah. Another guy, another gentleman, claimed he suffered injuries to his head, neck, back, and arm, and spine when his toe got caught on a protruding item on a surfing ride. Sounds awful. Um, another suit. She alleged she'd been severely injured on the park's King Kong River ride when the inner tube she was riding tipped over and her left foot hit a concrete wall. I mean, it's just uncontrolled chaos is all it is. Uh, water parks want to be roller coaster parks. But they just don't have the, the control that you can with a roller coaster. It's just water, which, you know. You're untethered. Yeah. You're going to slide around. And then reading about the, de- the decapitated boy, I was reminded of Action Park. Are you familiar? Yes. I've read many and, Reddit threads on Action Park. And the cannonball loop. Like, uh-huh. It's an enclosed water sl- slide with a, with a loop. At the end, end of yeah, it, like, sort of. Okay. Did the physics even work on that one? I'd always wondered if anybody had actually done it. Um, people did it. I feel like most people kind of got stuck or never really made it around the thing. Some people made it, but and they complained about injury. But some people got stuck. In... <laughs> Here we are. Each one of my friends came out holding the back of their head because <laughs> it slammed into the slide while looping. <laughs> the looping water slide was constructed without any real design. The first person through the slide lost his front teeth. Then they decided they needed water at the top of the loop. Okay. Um, so, I mean, no engineering or math involved in it at all. It was yeah, just... At some point, they built a trap door so they could retrieve injured, drowning riders <laughs> stuck in the loop, you know, the top of the loop. And then they had, like, other rides. Oh, the kamikaze slides were insane. This is a water slide. The kamikaze slides were insane. They quite literally went straight down. The one time I rode it, I hung down off the pull-up like a start bar with my feet dangling. Lifted my head up to see if I could see the slide. I could not. <laughs> I pulled myself back up to regroup and then released. I came completely off the slide, hit the safety net, which then propelled me back onto the slide, and then I proceeded to free fall to the end. And, and what year was that? Like the existence? 80s, right? Yeah. In theory, it all sounds really cool because people just didn't give a fuck, but good God. Yeah, like water parks should just be like, you know, the pool area of a Vegas hotel, you know, have like a lazy river, maybe have a tide pool. How else can you be a statistic without these people making crazy shit? Better 90s, mid 90s R&B single, Boys to Men, Water Runs Dry or TLC Waterfalls. Uh, I'm going to go with Boys to Men, Water Runs Dry. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, 
Waterfalls, I feel that no scrubs retroactively <laughs> ruined waterfalls for me. Like because it was not not good. It was, it was not good. And then it just made me like reconsider TLC. Waterfalls and that I'm pretty song. It's just Yeah, I'm pretty is no good. That's certainly the worst. Water runs dry, for sure. And Bokeem Woodbine is in the video for Waterfalls. No shit, so, is he? Uh, he's been around a long time. I will be watching it after this podcast because I had no idea he was in that. That's great. And the director of the Waterfalls video, he's doing uh, Furious 8. <laughs> when was the last time you took a bath? Hmm. Let me think. I, I, feel, I feel like baths are only... Baths are things only people in films and, and television shows after take. A, after a long day at writing editorials yeah. at a magazine, and you come home anyone, and take a bubble bath. Or, or it's a you know it's a way to like cover. It's a way to have, to have nudity, but to cover it with bubbles. Or someone's really stressed, so they have to take a bath. It like, seems like it's anyone, only for movie purposes. Yeah, it's it's anyone, a movie device. Has anyone in real life ever taken a bath surrounded by candles? It seems like the setup is, who's got time for this shit? And yet, every house or apartment has a bathtub. I would say that, with the exception of children, if you have kids, then a bathtub makes sense. But as an an adult... I I feel like a bathtub is there in case you have children or pets, right? It's just for children and pets. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's a movie device for adults. But before showers, people took baths. And you're basically lying in your own filth. Yeah, and people would, like, not change the water, like, back in the day. Like, they're like, okay, one in, one out. And the, and the person who got in first was, like, the, the man of the house. And then everybody it just worked its way down. You just got but, shittier but then water. you get out of the bath and you rinse yourself off. After you get out, or did you just step out of the bath? I suspect because, in the Wild West, no. There was no okay. like beach rinsing system built into the house. It's very odd. Because why wouldn't you just take a shower then? Yeah, the, the logic behind the bath. Leading up to the Rio Olympics, I constantly heard about the water in Rio is, is polluted. I, you know, I, I have heard about how like the East River or the Hudson River in New York City is polluted, or the Potomac River in Washington, D.C. is polluted, the Chicago River. And that's why I will never uh, go in the ocean. Like, the water could be crystal clear, but I'm not snorkeling in the ocean. Because, you know, water, ocean water, seawater, whatever you want to call it, it's not contained, right? You could have poo, poo, poo in, in the ocean is poo in the entire ocean to me. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Guinness, where there's supposedly like original elements of Guinness from the first batch in the every batch they've ever made since, because it's made in the same thing that it's always yeah. been made in. I don't know what I'm swimming in. You could tell me that oh, it's safe. The bacteria is not that bad. There are people who swim in the East River. And, New York City, which is mental to me. Uh, and it's, and then also, like, if you've ever raised fish in, like, a fish tank, you know how disgusting it can get because of fish poop. Yeah, they, 
they poop in there. You got to have a filtration system built into the tank, and it's not even that big. And that's what the ocean is. You're swimming in this like water where all these creatures, you know, shit and piss, and you know, oh look at that reef. You know, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm in. If here, here's how I look at it. If I didn't clean it or or see where its origins were, I just consider everything covered in poop, and, on land and on sea. And that's why I I, I hate cruises because I was also traumatized on a cruise as a child. Um, we we it was a Disney cruise to the Bahamas, and how old were you? I wanted I wanted I don't know, again six or seven probably. It's a bad. And year. I wanted to use Rough. the swimming pool on on the cruise ship, and I jumped in and it opened my eyes and I realized it's salt water in the pool. It's not chlorinated water, and oh, they immediately got out and that's it for me. That's it for me with cruises. <laughs> like, why are you using? It must. It's sense. It's sensible to use seawater in the pools on a on a boat on a cruise ship, but it's unappealing to me. Well, yeah, they're just dipping into the sea to get that water. And then I see an article about how. Okay, let me uh, read excerpts of this article. Peeing in a pool also triggers chemical reactions that can be hazardous to your health. Michael Phelps says, I think everybody pees in the pool. It's kind of a normal thing to do for swimmers. We don't really get out to pee. We just go whenever we're on the wall. But a new video from the American Chemical Society explains how urine in a pool reacts with chemicals that are used to sanitize the water. The reaction creates toxic gases, one of which, in much greater concentrations, is classified as a chemical weapon. (laughs) Mm. So, okay, Maybe I'm swimming in urine, right? Yeah, in your in your pools that you're in. Yeah. Your so, indoor clean pools, supposedly. Swimmers who don't shower before diving into a pool bring other bacteria and traces of fecal matter into the mix. That's why swimming pools are treated with chlorine. The chlorine will kill poop bacteria, but it doesn't eliminate all the hazards. When a swimmer pees in a pool, the uric acid in the urine combines with the molecules with the chlorine molecules to create disinfection byproducts. One of these byproducts called trichloramine is what gives swimming pools their distinctive odor. <laughs> when, you're, when you're at an indoor pool, that's not chlorine you're smelling. That's evidence that people have peed in, your, in the pool. Really? That smell is? Yes. Okay. So do you, do, you, <sighs> do you rinse off before you go swimming? Yes. Okay. So it, in, small, yeah. in small quantities... Uh, DBPs, just disfunction, disfunction byproducts, uh, cause red eye, skin irritation, and can aggravate respiratory ailments. So I stopped swimming at my gym because <laughs> I got red eye, skin irritation, and respiratory ailments. So maybe my gym is just full of of of, of pee. Oh, it's full of pee and poop, man. It definitely <sighs> is. Can can you not enjoy anything in your life? Yeah, jeez. Oh, sweat contains trace amounts of urea, which can also react with chlorine. So that's why you should shower before getting into the water to rinse off the sweat. So I mean, you were having like some, you were having some issues then, huh? Yeah. So you like you had to step back, and then did you? Is this when you did the research? Like, why am I not feeling so hot? Why am I? I, 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 I just rash- stopped. I just I just stopped swimming and went back to running. Which, you know, swimming is better on your knees. Right, it's low, lesser impact. It's also a full body work, cardio workout. 
Uh, I just need to find, I'm very picky about pools. It has to be like long enough for me to, you know, feel it's worth the effort to swim from one side to the other. <laughs> and, and now I want it to be an outdoor pool. Uh, so I don't have to smell, you know. Because that's all you can think about is this chemical yeah. poop and pee smell. Oh, this is a tidbit. Researchers estimate that the problem is so widespread, each swimmer contributes an average of two ounces of urine to the water. Uh, some swimmers don't even realize they're adding to the problem. A small amount of urine can be released unintentionally. They're just dribbling out, just lapping back and forth. Uh, don't. So, so this is your alternative to the ocean. Sure. Right? Well, don't they have a chemical they can put in the pools? Like, So if somebody does pee, you can like see the dark area. Isn't that a thing? Why don't they need to get that back in? They need that's like tracing the puck. Remember when the NHL traced the puck? Yeah, they need to do that. So you really just fucking point these assholes out. But then I could picture you swimming, and then you're just dribbling along, just leaving a streak, like chemtrails in the pool or something. It's, it's like um, I would watch. I would watch more swimming you know, if that's how, how it works. Coffee cream art. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just in the pool. Like, hey, look at this fucking like bouquet of flowers I made over here. All right, enough of this. You can find me elsewhere on adamriff.com. You can find me on Twitter at zombieologist, and you can also email us at backwashaudio at gmail.com and find us on iTunes and all that other shit. We'll see you around. Uh, my hat is like a shark yeah. Deep as blue as my hat is like a shark's uh, fin. Deep as blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Yeah, as blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Deep as blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Deep as blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Deep as blue as my hat is like a shark's fin. Man made terror, hundred jaws of death. Battle cross my depths, I'll pause your breath. I caught you to sink down 40,000 leagues. Bleeding to death with no arms or short sleeves. My world's deep blue, killers gotta eat too. Looking for human flesh to rip my